Lord, I thank you so very much that tonight you are alive. You're aware of what's going on in our world and in our heads and in our hearts. And you are able to make a difference. I thank you, Lord, that even as we face evil in our neighborhoods, in our city, and in this world, there is hope because you are at work. I thank you for this annual reminder of the birth of Jesus and what it means to us. Focus our hearts. Help us to be hearers and doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Um, I love Christmas. I think that we all, uh, some of us might have a love-hate relationship with Christmas. Um, I love Christmas. Um, such a perfect reminder, just like Easter, uh, of the, some of the most important things um, in life. Yes? I'd like to uh, start a series tonight called The Miracle. Okay? Now, like all that we do, we're here to be helping people connect with Jesus, grow in faith, and share His love. That's what we're here for. We'll do that with this topic tonight as well. The Miracle. The Miracle. Have you ever felt in your, your life was in need of a miracle? Yeah, yeah. Some of us have lived long enough to know a little bit about what that's like. When I was in uh, middle school, I loved to play all different kinds of games, and whether it was the, the skateboard or running around or something with a ball didn't really matter. I just loved to play and goof around. One of the things we used to do a lot after school was to play basketball. I was never that great, but I had the hustle, and uh, loved playing basketball on the asphalt court. Right. And um, I remember a day when I was playing basketball after school with my friends and this friend of mine, Paul, who was newer to the school the last couple of years and was a better athlete than me, did not seem to like the way that I was boxing him out. Yes, I do know how to box out. <laughs> I would get rebounds. I was out hustling him. He didn't like that. And I didn't realize just how much he didn't like that until all of a sudden I was on my back on the ground. And Paul had decided it was time for it to become tackle football. And then all of a sudden I realized I was looking up at, as Paul had pulled his fist back to, to hit me. I, I honestly did not know why he was so upset. I was in need of a miracle. <laughs> Most of my friends at that point were misfits, like me. And my miracle that day came in the form of a fellow misfit named Todd. And Todd came all of a sudden, I see Paul pull his fist back as I'm laying back on the ground, and all of a sudden I see Todd come flying over like Superman, grab underhooks under Paul, and, and roll off into the asphalt and in the bark dust with pulling uh, Paul off of the top of me. Todd was my miracle that day, and boy, did I need it. <laughs> I think we've all at times uh, been in a place of needing a miracle. You know, uh, something supernatural, something extraordinary, something beyond your own capability, something unexpected, something beyond your imagination, something where hope, the answer, the right answer at the right time shows up. Am I talking to the right crowd? Jesus is the miracle. 
Jesus is the miracle. As you can see on the screen, you can get to know Jesus the miracle by reading about him. We've been talking about praying. I know I'm going to switch it up on you now. Reading about him. I don't know that there's a better month than December to shut down some stuff and read about Jesus. Oh, it got real quiet. (laughs) Reading about Jesus is good for you. It's good for what ails you. You can get the the Bible on audio. You can get it in your earbuds. You can, but getting, reading the stories for yourself, reading about Jesus for yourself, it's good for you. We can get to know Jesus the miracle by reading about Him, by receiving Him, and by releasing Him. Now we are known as not a traditional church, right? And one of the Leading reasons for that should be that we believe in a relationship with God over religion. Right? And by the word religion, what we're referring to is an outward focused, legalistic base, do right to be right kind of mentality that is ultimately treating God with superstition. Christmas should be the happiest time of the year, the wreaths that you see in this room, as I referred to last week, the symbol of the wreath, the ancient Christian symbol, is a symbol of hope without end. Hope that never ends because of Jesus. In fact, every other major faith, every other religion that we have in history, that many, many people have followed, is based on a relationship with a God through fear and through works. Christianity should be the only one that's not. That's based on a personal relationship. And not do right to be right, but it is Jesus who makes me right. Amen? Now, reading about Jesus, receiving Him and releasing Him, um, I'm pulling this from our statement of faith, which you can read anytime you want on our website, what we believe. Jesus the miracle. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of humanity, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, very God and very man. There's four passages of Scripture there for your reference. That's what we believe in. And I don't know about you, but for me, I look forward to seeing Jesus. I can't wait to see Jesus. Now, I don't know if I will be alive when he returns on earth. Because what he said was, no one will know the day or the hour. You want to know the the day it is to quit this church? Is when somebody starts predicting when Jesus comes back to the day or the hour, right? As, Whoa, we are in the wrong territory, right? Jesus said, no one will know the day or the hour. I'm going to come ninja style. Y'all won't hear me coming, right? I can't wait to see Jesus. Because I read in the scripture, he's got a sense of humor. 
No, there's more important reasons than that. I can't wait to see Jesus. I have an anticipation about seeing Jesus. And to be honest with you, it has nothing to do with any movies I've seen or anything that anyone else has told me about Jesus. Well, did you catch that? But who I know him to be. Now, Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus was the answer that was predicted for us. Predicted for us. God, in his great love, in his great wisdom, predicted that Jesus would come. Jesus, the miracle, the miracle that we need. I want to turn to Isaiah, but before I do, I want to talk a little bit about Isaiah. Some of us in this room have kind of done this Christianity thing long enough that you're kind of, you're comfortable with the New Testament. You kind of know your way around. You know what the first four books are. We don't read the fifth one often enough, but we kind of know what that is, a bunch of stories. And then there's all the letters, and then there's the weird one at the back that we don't touch too often. Some of you are familiar enough with the New Testament. If that's you, if you feel comfortable with the New Testament, but you're not comfortable with the Old Testament... Start with the creation story at the front, of course, but then Isaiah is a really good place to go. Isaiah had a prophetic ministry of 50 years. Isaiah had um, an incredibly accurate prophetic ministry, and in fact, none of the other prophets, in fact, let me rephrase, Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah, his ministry, the kingdom of God, and the fact that all us Gentiles in here I actually don't think there's anyone of Jewish descent in here, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, Isaiah predicted that all us Gentiles would be able to come to the table as well. So he predicted the Messiah, his kingdom, and us Gentiles more than all the other prophets put together by volume, by number of prophecies. And no other prophet in the Old Testament is quoted in the New Testament more than Isaiah. In the New Testament, there are more than 60 quotations from Isaiah. And when Jesus stood to, for the first time, publicly reveal who he was, it was Isaiah that he quoted. So is that a good place for us to start? Yeah. All right, I'm glad you agree. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Uh, Isaiah's grammar here really is more to say people will speak of him that he is Emmanuel. A significant name in saying that God is with us. But Isaiah predicts very, very distinctly the details of Jesus' birth. Jesus will be born of a virgin. Now, if you want to open your Bibles, I'm going to turn to Luke chapter 1 and read verses 26 through 38 at this point. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. I don't, I don't have time anymore tonight to phrase in the whole story of uh, Elizabeth and John the Baptist's birth, but we'll just jump in. Are you there? All right, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. 
The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's now in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her. Now, I want to just remind you of something that I say every so often. Everything about Jesus informs us about God. Okay? Everything about Jesus informs us, tells us something, teaches us about God. Right? God sends Gabriel to Mary. Who's Mary? Mary's a Jewish teenager who had prostitutes and people who were cursed in her genealogy. That's who Mary is. She's a teenager. She's a teenager who's looked at as a good example. But she's a teenager. She's a teenager who's engaged to a blue-collar guy, to Joseph, who was a carpenter who worked with his hands. And we don't talk about Mary a whole lot in churches like ours because there are other people that worship her and put too much value on her. But Mary's a really important person in this story and someone that we shouldn't overlook And if we're going to try to get closer to Jesus, the miracle, by reading about him and receiving him, we've got to take this into consideration. Mary is an example. Mary is an example of something that's really important. Mary was the first one to receive Jesus with complete and total faith, with complete and total submission, to letting God be God on his own terms. And and certainly that has meant for Mary a a special place, great pleasure, but it also meant pain. Some of that pain, and my, my mother actually wrote a book where a whole section of the book is on this subject. Some of that pain was through Mary needing to choose to let go of her own thoughts of how it should work out. Would any mother want to see their child executed? Falsely accused? No. Mary was the first one to accept Jesus with complete and total faith. The first one to say, okay, Jesus, 
and to let go of her own need to be in control of how that would turn out. It's a very important example to us. Not only do we see in Mary's story with the virgin birth, which, by the way, hello, what's harder to believe in? That Santa makes the rounds on Christmas Eve or the virgin birth? (laughs) Right? We're talking about a miracle. Right? So we believe in the miracle of the virgin birth. I believe that it is a sign that God used to communicate with us. Even before Jesus had his first breath as an infant, God was already speaking to us. Aren't you glad that you don't serve a God that is some marble-carved statue that doesn't speak? We serve a God who speaks. He spoke through Jesus even before the infant Jesus took his first breath. In the virgin birth and in the angel's words, nothing is impossible with God. Who needs to hear that? Come on. With his birth, with the birth of John the Baptist, we see miracles in birth. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Jesus, like half of all babies that are born today, was born in Asia. Jesus, like most refugees, was also a refugee in Africa. Remember the whole story with Herod and the terrorism and they go to Egypt? That's Africa. When, where, and how Jesus was born speaks to us today. Am I making any sense? Do you hear what I'm saying? So we get caught up in world events and all these other things. Do you think that God doesn't see the events of today? No, He sees them and He speaks to us through the events of the life of Jesus. God can do anything. It's time for us to be like Mary and to let go of needing to be in control of how our story ends. I love the fact that Jesus was born as a baby. God is great and God was also little. God is great and God is little. God was born in a town where people said nothing good can come from there. Now, I was, my hometown soccer team, the Timbers, are playing in the current American Super Bowl of soccer right now. It's the first time in history it's ever happened. First sporting event my dad ever took me to was a Timbers game. And I was wearing my Timbers jacket at the parade this afternoon, and I got a question that I get often, why would you move from Portland to Baltimore? Because you see, for some people, Baltimore is a bad word. Baltimore is like a Nazareth. Can anything good come from Baltimore? I've met a couple of times uh, one of the former cast members of the, the HBO TV show, The Wire, 
And uh, I was at a, a citywide clergy meeting with the police commissioner, and, and she was there doing some stuff. And we used to work out at the same YMCA. And she pulled me aside. She was doing these interviews. And I was telling her what it was like after the weekend of all the, 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 weekend of all the unrest, after the, the Freddie Gray murder, death, right? All the riot, everything that happened. And how many of us, Justin and I were together that day, cleaning up debris. It was at Penn and North going down a pen, and as far as the eye could see, I could see people cleaning up, giving away diapers, giving away water bottles, giving away food, cleaning the neighborhood up. Yeah, I didn't see any cameras that morning. CNN wasn't out broadcasting how great Baltimore is. Am I talking to the right people? Baltimore's not a bad word. There's a lot of good here, and there's a lot of good that can come from here. But guess what? Nazareth, where Jesus came from, was a town that had a similar rep. Jesus lived an ordinary life in a blue-collar home in a tough town. Don't you love Jesus? He didn't come down rich. He didn't come down good-looking. No offense to anybody that was good-looking, but nobody's ever, besides Rebecca, called me good-looking. And my mother... I, you know, I never, I, I, I was around pretty people, good looking people. It made me feel weird. I'm just being real. It's a part of one of my hangups, right? Jesus didn't have that kind of upbringing. We don't see anywhere in the story that he was at the head of the class. Jesus was born an underdog from his birth. He was born in an animal trough. Where you can still, still smell the mess of the animals. God speaking to us through the Christmas story. Out of the smallest, out of the dirtiest, out of the poorest, from Asia to Africa, out of the worst, the best has come lived among us. Salvation comes when God was great and God was little. See, two phrases describe this really well. Jesus was just like everyone else and something different. Read the stories. Read. Come on, come on. Please, this month, read. Open up Matthew. Open up Mark. Open up Luke. Open up John. Jesus was just like everyone else and something completely different. So, what, what? Pastor Ben, you're so excited. I get it. Christmas. I already sent out my cards. I saw the pictures of the manger. Okay, 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 okay. What do you do? I'm inviting you personally. Not, I, I love that you do listen to me, but that you wouldn't stop at listening now, but that you personally would connect with Jesus. That you personally 
read about him. If you're tired of the scripture, The Jesus I Never Knew is a great book. Find another one. Just let me check it out first, see if it's legit. (laughs) Read. Come on. You have fire your imagination. He's still real. He's still breathing. His life is still available to you. He has thoughts about you. Connect with him for yourself. Rebecca and I can pray for you, and we do every week, but I cannot be you praying to him for you. You can hear about somebody else's relationship with him, but that is not the same as having relationship with him. Please connect with Jesus for yourself. The Christmas story does not take long to read. I know my grandpa would read it to me every Christmas Eve before we could open presents. True story. It doesn't take long to read. Read it. Think about it. Consider it. Connect with Jesus for yourself. Grow in your relationship with Him. Crossing over ground you've been over before, think you've got it all figured out, press it to the edge. Ask questions. Dig deeper. Read more. Talk about it. Think about it. What do you understand? What do you not understand? What are you thankful for? What what are the mysteries? It's never in the history of humanity. It has never been easier. You can pull out a smartphone and find for free a ton of good material about Jesus. Connect with Him for yourself. Grow in your faith. Grow in your understanding. Take steps. There is no example in the Bible of being a passive learner and a Jesus follower. It doesn't exist. You are required to be an active learner, to have a personal relationship with Him. Connect with Jesus for yourself. Read. Be quick to receive his love. Be quick to receive his love and share his love. Share. You're going to bump into people because y'all running errands just like me to places you don't normally go. Right? You're going to bump into people you've never met before and you're going to see people that you see all the time. You're going to see neighbors you haven't seen since they, you know, took down their Halloween decorations, putting up... You're going to see people, you're going to bump into people, you're going to have a ton of opportunities this month to communicate with people. And guess what? Your bills and your car will not go to heaven with you. But that person might. Jesus died for you and he died for them. We can't afford to lose perspective, right? The people, that's what's forever. This will all burn, right? The people, that's what's forever. Share. There's never been a better time to be that person. Y'all know the reason for the season? Let me tell you. Sometimes I start in my best Fred Sanford voice. That gets them, they're like, what's up with this guy? I need to check that out. 
Find a way. Get creative. Connect with Jesus. Get a personal relationship. Grow in your relationship and share. Why? Who is Jesus? Let's bring it back home. Something real simple. He is God with us. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Jesus is God with us. It's in His name. It's who He is. He can't help it. He was once very small. The truth is, I don't know you as well as Jesus knows you. Your spouse doesn't know you. Your boss, your mother doesn't know you as well as Jesus knows you. Jesus is God with us. Nothing is impossible with God. God can do anything. Isn't this a good reminder tonight? I believe in the virgin birth. And that's not just something that makes me weird. It means something. It means that I believe in Jesus, God with us. Let's stand and pray as we close tonight. Wherever you're at tonight, whatever's going on on the inside of you, whatever aspect of this that speaks to you, whether you feel challenged or whether you feel inspired, whether you are suddenly aware that you feel lonely, or whether you feel a fresh reminder to reach out to those who don't know Jesus, wherever you are, God's with you. You're not alone. <laughs> Jesus is the answer. Just reach out to Him. Let me pray for you. Receive His love tonight. God, we come to You tonight. Lord, we've repented. We've confessed our sins. Lord, we are clear that we don't have what it takes to do this on our own. Not one of us could have declared ourselves righteous. Jesus, without you, we'd all be walking around in the filth of our own sins, separated from God hopelessly. Tonight, we graciously thank you that we can receive forgiveness of sins because of you. We ask tonight that you would help us, heal us. God, the Holy Spirit, help us to be aware of your presence, of your guidance, of whom we should speak to. Remind us that because of Jesus, we are never alone. 
never solitary, never completely misunderstood. You understand us. You love us. You have purpose. Oh God, help us that every time we say or write or text Merry Christmas, that we are reminded of what it means that Lord Jesus, You are the miracle. Thank You for it, Lord. Bless. This week, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you all. Thank you so much for being here. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week. Next week, we move. We're still here. Five o'clock. One more Sunday. <laughs>